Hello and welcome to Pure Worship Radio. This is Scott Cunningham, and I'll be your host as we highlight and interview various worship leaders and artists who love Jesus and are writing songs that both edify the church and glorify Christ. Our mission is to capture the story behind the songs and the heart behind the music, so thanks for joining us today. We pray that you're greatly encouraged by our time of letting the Word of Christ dwell in you richly through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs that help make melody in our heart to the Lord. And today we're super excited to have with us the band The New Divide, and I know you're going to be encouraged by their music. music from the band The New Divide here on Pure Worship Radio, and today we have the privilege of having them on the program to get to know them a little bit better, and guys, we're so thankful to have you, and thank you for coming today. Man, thanks for having us. 
So just to get to know you guys a little bit better, let's um, start off with maybe Andy, you could share a little bit of your testimony and how you came to know the Lord. Absolutely. Well, uh, me and my brother, Doug, uh, who was in the band with me, we grew up uh, in a small town in Washington. Um, I actually grew up in a, in a mega Christian home from, from day one. I was learning about Jesus through flannel graphs and all sort of yes. awesome <laughs> old school techniques. Uh, our mom was always either our children's pastor or our youth leader. And so we, we were inundated with the gospel our entire lives, which yeah. is an incredible testimony. Sometimes people say, oh, well, I don't have a good testimony. Well, that, yeah. that in itself, I, I count it a blessing yeah. to have grown up like that. Well, I can remember, though, specifically making a decision to follow Christ. Probably when I was about nine years old, there was a probably an overly cheesy church play that I went to <laughs> that dramatized the difference between heaven and hell and making that decision. And I remember nine, 10 years old getting in the car afterwards and being like, mom, I, I want to make sure I get to spend eternity with Jesus. I'm sure it wasn't so elegantly phrased for a nine-year-old, but, but that's when I gave my life to Christ was I really, I remember driving home that day and, and mom praying with me and asking Jesus into my heart. And so my whole life, basically, I've been surrounded by the knowledge of the gospel and there was a there's been a couple of points in my life where I realized I need to I need to commit to <laughs> yes. to walking this lifestyle out if I'm gonna make it at your own. Yeah. yeah. Claim to be a Christ follower. So yeah. so you guys are literally a band of brothers. Yeah. <laughs> so you you and uh Doug are brothers and then um you have Paul and Aaron who are mm-hmm. Brothers and twins at that, so yes, sir. Yes, with you can't see it now, but they have very strong beards, uh, bearded <laughs> men. It's very impressive. What about you guys? Where did you grow up, and what's what's a bit of your testimony? We uh, we grew up in Arvada, Colorado, which yeah. is a suburb of Denver, and uh, it's, so it's me and then my brother. And we have an older brother, and the three of us grew up. Our our parents split up when we were when I was about three three years old. So we, we grew up mainly with our mom, and yeah. she was an extremely solid uh, influence in mm-hmm. my life and yeah. in both of our lives, for sure. I think we actually both became followers of Jesus when we were, when we were five and we were in Sunday school, both of us, yeah. same Sunday school class, same learning from flannel graphs, all, the, whole, <laughs> the whole nine yards flannel growing up. Flannel graphs are the big yes, part sir. of it. <laughs> and we, uh, Those influenced the generation, man. <laughs> they did, my mom yes. too, man. I grew up on them as well, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I just, I remember specifically um, them talking about, the Sunday school teacher talking about how, how you can know Jesus and, and you can spend eternity with him in heaven. And I uh, became a Christian, I remember, in, in the class. And then I remember telling my mom afterwards, about how, yeah, I, I came to know Jesus, came to know Jesus. Um, definitely not until high school, at least graduating high school. I went through a private Christian high sc- Christian school from first grade all the way to graduation. And hmm. not until after I graduated, I think, and maybe even a little after that, did I really start to really make my relationship with Jesus my own, mm-hmm. like we we're yeah. talking about. And, totally. But, yeah. So how did you guys become a band? How did the band form the New Divide? The New Divide started in 2006. Doug and I are the oldest two of six siblings. Okay. And so it was super easy to start a band. You just got all your brothers. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you play bass and you play drums. (laughs) And so we started a band in 2006. I was a a youth pastor at the time, and and we were doing worship and and things of that nature and and getting invited to go places. So we said, let's let's put a name to it and just start doing this. So... We started a band with our brother, and we we uh, played all around the Northwest generally sure. for those first few years. It came to its current standing 
uh, about three years ago when we met the Olsen twins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> actually their name. We met the Olsen twins in Denver, Colorado. We played a just a classic rock and roll show in a little church in the mountains, uh, a lot of dirty guitars and just rock and roll. And so <laughs> we met them and I remember playing with their band and Doug and I got in the car afterwards and go, those guys were so weird. They had this <laughs> massive drum that was like a literally a like a, a, a marching, marching band yeah, drum. Yeah. And they'd be sitting there in the middle of their rock show just hammering that drum. We're like, who are these guys? <laughs> Little did we know that we get to be spending all of our time together traveling the world together <laughs> and hammering, years later. hammering, hammering drums, drums together. together yeah we don't we don't tour with the the marching band drum though that okay they don't that doesn't fit in a carry-on <laughs> that's right that's awesome so um you know i just met you guys uh yesterday actually yeah. as you as you uh, came through the church and i was so thankful to kind of hmm. to hear your heart for ministry as you guys would play your music it was great music but you guys really have a heart to preach the gospel you could tell that as you're as you're sharing your music um let's talk about that mission uh, yeah. that you guys have, that heart for, for the gospel and heart for missions, um, as it were, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've, uh, we started traveling internationally. We got invited to go on a, uh, a trip and play music. Actually, the very first one was to Canada uh, for the, during the Winter Olympics. We were doing outreaches up there, and then we wow. got invited to Europe. I think it was 2010. And we, uh, we went over, and we were playing music and doing stuff on the streets and playing in clubs and playing in churches and doing everything musicians do we just instantly fell in love with that culture specifically that trip we fell in love with france and with with the people there and and what god was doing in that nation and so we we just decided let's let's start seeing how we can be involved in this Mm. more and we couldn't have dreamt that it would look like what it does today back then because to us going to france was a once in a lifetime you know i was a homeschooler from (laughs) washington we grew up with I had two goats named Peter and Lucy. Like that was our like childhood, you know, goats and chickens and a cow named Freckles. And and here, uh, the very first time I ever left Washington State was was on my honeymoon. I was turned 19. It was the greatest day on earth. I flew to Florida, and I was like, "This is insane." Little did we know what God had around the bend. But but so that once in a lifetime, we we started stepping out into it more frequently and yeah. and really building a desire for that, which has led to us getting to go and share the gospel in 20 some odd countries. And this year we go to, I think four continents and share the gospel and play music and hang out with people and just, just engage people for Christ. And so it's crazy to watch the transition of how that, how, as you go in faith and you step out, how it just amplifies and God opens a new door, which opens a new door, which could have never dreamt of. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's something about going overseas and music in the context of being a bridge to preach mm-hmm. the gospel and to minister to people. It's been amazing over the years that I've had the opportunity to do the same thing. One of the most exciting things that we've ever had the opportunity to do is to go and to um, be able to, in a new context, in a new yeah. place, you know, preach the gospel. I, I love it. I feel like it's mm-hmm. one of the most valid mm-hmm. places for music ministry, yeah. you know, is, mm-hmm. is being sent out as musicians. Let's talk about one of the places that you guys have been so blessed by or maybe an experience that you've really been touched by um, on the mission field. Maybe one of your favorite places. Our favorite places, I think, start to correlate with our favorite people. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like, we can see tourist sites anywhere. We we really have started to fall in love with the people of certain mm-hmm. communities, which sure. which makes us want to go back nonstop. It's funny how right. when you're someplace that you never thought you'd be, you're looking at Facebook and you're like, man, I really wish I was there with them right now. Well, I think we probably all would have different stories or different things that really 
are are that moment for us. Yeah. I'd say uh, my favorite, we got to just recently go to Japan uh, mm-hmm. for about three weeks, and mm-hmm. we worked with a couple local Japanese churches in uh, Tokyo and Yokohama, and then also worked with the U.S. Navy bases that were in Japan. Wow. Which was really cool and uh, not expected at all necessarily because I've you know, we've never we didn't think we'd go to Japan to play to for work. Americans yeah right and none That's of true. us grew yeah. up in any military background homes whatsoever so we don't we didn't really know the culture at all and so that was like a really cool thing so when we were in Japan we played a rock show just like an outreach rock show <laughs> on base just in this big theater and we noticed this one guy that was just all the way in the back and he sat through the entire thing but he's just sitting all the way in the back of it just sitting there very back row, it. dead and, center <laughs> you know afterwards i saw him he just came up to us and we just kind of started talking and one thing led to another and all of a sudden you know he came to dinner with us hang out you know and then came back to the this house that we that we were staying at called the lighthouse and it's like a ministry house that allows navy people and military people to come and almost have like church there um and so he came over and hung out there hmm. well this guy's talking about you know, the bars and all the stuff because he's a Navy guy and he doesn't know any different. And so we got to have him come over. Well, the next week or two, we were in different towns and different cities and we had different shows and he would, every time he'd come to every show. He'd take a train or a bus. Take a train an hour out of the city into a new city and and come to the shows. And he came one morning to a Sunday morning service and uh, it was a Japanese service and the pastor he gave a presentation for the gospel at the end and there was probably you know f- at least five six people that raised their hand in each service and they had two services and i <clears throat> looked over and just noticed he was sitting right in front and you know he's raising his hand and he's all and it was just it was just really exciting to see this we had to go all the way to japan right. to meet this american, american. <laughs> wow it was so overwhelming i think in japan is so ripe and ready yeah. um They've been Buddhist, you know, for however long, probably since the inception of Japan. And now all the younger generations, Buddhism doesn't really mean anything to them mm-hmm. necessarily. Right. Because it's just kind of like, that's what my family is, so just I'm Buddhist. Tradition. And cultural so, then. Yeah. And when you start, like, just sharing the gospel of Jesus, the basic, you know, he came and died for us. And because of that, we get to have life eternally. To them is like, whoa, like, that's... It's a completely foreign concept. Yeah. And um, th- I think Japan is definitely was has been one of my favorite places to go and share yeah. the gospel and do ministry in. Yeah, that's awesome. What I love about you, you guys as well is that you travel with your family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. families. Yeah, um, you have your wives that come with you on the, mm-hmm. the trip as well. Yeah. Um, how does that work? Talk to me about that. <laughs> it's it's a bizarre scenario. We could have never imagined that either. We uh, right now on this trip specifically, we have the four guys and we have three ladies with us. We have. Uh, Paul and Aaron's wives, Ashley and Kat, and then we have Abby Lewis, who's a missionary from Hungary that actually came over to spend the summer with us. Well, having all of us together, you almost have to live a communal lifestyle. (laughs) Right, (laughs) yeah. We actually um, just, this is kind of a goofy random fact about the New Divide, but we just uh, all moved out of our houses back in Vancouver, Washington before this trip because this is almost four months long, and so at the end of that, when we return, we're all moving in together into one mega house which a lot of people see that and they go you guys are going backwards in life you're 30 and moving back into a communal (laughs) roommate environment but in reality we've we've learned that as we 
walk in unity after a certain purpose, yeah. uh, unity is just a natural part of that. It's hard mm-hmm. not to get along when you're united in your direction and your yes. your your intent. And so yeah. as we as we keep that straight and we keep that focused. Yeah. It's easy to get along and, yeah. and spend our lives traveling together. Okay. Yeah, and I, I asked that question, how does it work? Because, you know, you guys are you're, you're taking huge steps of faith. You're going mm-hmm. um, on big trips overseas, and, and there's a lot of expense that goes into that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you have the, a lot of those, you know, questions of how, how does that work on a practical level? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and we were talking earlier about how, uh, you know, a big part of that obviously is just faith, trusting the yeah. Lord as you step out. But yeah. let's talk about some of those faith yeah. stories <laughs> and how the Lord has provided for you guys. Dude, yeah, I don't think this program's long enough. <laughs> That's Dude, true. We, <laughs> we could go on for days talking about the cool things God has done. Yeah. One, one I love, and uh, I'll tell this one really briefly. It, years ago, we had toured our way out to Florida, and we, we got down to which is the farthest corner possible from where we live in Washington in the States. We hadn't left Europe or left for overseas much at that point. And so we got to Florida. We'd spent all our money getting to this one event where we were supposed to do a certain amount of money or something. And we were going to sell merchandise because there was like a thousand kids. Well, our table was in the very far back corner. Not one kid bought a CD. We had at the end of the night, we had no money. (laughs) <laughs> at all. Literally, we, somebody had given us like a $50 gas card. And they're like, thanks for coming. We're going, yeah, but now we can't go home. <laughs> like, we're stuck <laughs> here in Florida. It's stinking hot. We, we just have moved to Florida. <laughs> yeah, we're, I guess this is our new place. Well, we after that concert, we, we had a, a hotel that night that somebody had gotten us. And so we stayed there. We, we left at the very last moment, you know, checkouts at 11. We asked for extended checkouts so we could leave at noon. And we, we ended up driving to the local mall. We're like, where can we find air conditioning? It's Florida. It's hot. It's outrageous. We get to Florida or we get to the mall there and we, we, we pull up. And as we're parking, this, this Jeep pulls up next to us. And it's it, it, some guy rolls down the window as we're getting out. And he goes, hey, weren't you that band from last night? And we're like, yeah, I guess that would be us. And so he goes, uh, I brought a couple of kids. I'm a pastor of a local church plant down here. And he's like, what are you guys doing? And literally that day, I kid you not, we had four concerts cancel that afternoon. All the things that were supposed to get us back to Los Angeles actually had canceled. And so we had, we were here on like Thursday and we had to be there on Tuesday or something here in Los Angeles. Well, we're sitting there. This guy goes, I, we kind of told him the story. We're like, oh, well, we don't really know what we're doing. We're just coming here for air conditioning and maybe Chick-fil-A if we have money. And he goes, well, why don't you come over to my house? Uh, my wife will make you dinner and you can hang out with us. He said, I lead this little tiny church plant. It's, you know, it's, it's like 20 people, but you're more than welcome to come lead worship on Sunday and hang out with us. And at that point we're going, okay, great. Well, I remember specifically going with them Saturday uh, to help pass out hot dogs to soccer moms in the park in Florida. And I'm sitting there as we're handing out hot dogs to soccer moms, I'm going, what are we doing here? This is the most ridiculous scenario possible. God, what what could possibly come of this right now? We, yeah. we invested every penny we had to get here, and you haven't provided for us to go back where we need to go, and the, we got hosed here or this or that. And so we're sitting there just stuck, it felt like. Well, that Sunday, we led worship for those 20 people, and I remember specifically uh, through some CDs and T-shirts and a couple people taking an offering, and what they handed us, those 20 people handed us in total $540. Well, we immediately got in the van. We we drove straight north from like Fort Lauderdale area up to Jacksonville, got on the 10 and drove all the way to Los Angeles nonstop. It took us 58 hours of nonstop driving. We arrived here in, in Anaheim two hours before we needed to be here for the youth group, and 
and we had $5 left. (laughs) God provided exactly to the dollar what we needed. Well, had that whole scenario not happened, we wouldn't now have one of our best friends on earth because that, that pastor that pulled up alongside us in that, in that little Jeep, we're actually leaving in a few weeks to go with them to South Africa to go share the gospel in schools in, in Cape town. Like that, that would not have happened had we not been sitting in that parking lot that afternoon going, God, what are we doing here? Yes. Well, the, the culmination of event after event and, and the building of that relationship now leads to us sharing the gospel alongside him and that little church, which now is much larger church. And we, one of the things we learned in that was that what, what oftentimes feels like it's just falling apart is actually falling into place. And God has us strategically placed for, that next step and so I love that what feels like it's falling apart is falling into place yeah it's kind of yeah. like a big Django or what's that game you pull the wood you know and it all Jenga. falls yeah. Jenga <laughs> it's, it's that's kind of been one of the things where when things in our lives now when things are crumbling we just sit there and go okay yeah. What are we supposed to do? <laughs> what, do yeah. what do you got for us right here? It's that verse in Romans. He works all things together yeah. for good. For good. Know, <laughs> even when it seems like it's falling apart, the Lord's at work yeah. putting those puzzle pieces together. That's, cool. the, that's the culmination of the last five years of our life is just story after story of that. Yes. Where so you guys are really musicianaries. I mean, you're going yeah. out around, obviously, you're going, now you're going to South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where are some of the places that you guys are headed this, this next year? Uh, over the course of this summer. Uh, I think we'll go to South Africa and then up to... Europe, so we'll be in five different countries in Europe, yeah. including um, England, to actually do Creation Fest. Yes. Um, let's see, we'll hop over back to the U.S. in September, and then in October, November, we'll be going to Mexico to actually record a new CD and do um, outreach concerts during the weekend. They just, yeah. they'll go set up speakers and start playing, and thousands of people will just start watching you play music in the streets of Mexico, and then you get to share the gospel. And then we'll, we're actually going to be leading two missions trips um, to Belize. So, wow. like, just back-to-back, two little trips, and have, you know, maybe 10 people on each trip just working with local churches and lo- local missionaries and people mm. that just need help doing yeah. just various different stuff down there. And, and In then, scenarios like that, we're always just looking, how can we come alongside local churches that are yeah, already yeah. doing something effective and help? with our limited resources yeah. help push them forward and yes. so a big part of what we believe in is the local church and the local body and the s- smaller like church plants especially in different countries they just don't have resources just to do all these outreaches right. and do all this stuff they just don't have the resources and right. here in the states you know even your smaller churches have resources to at least yeah. do one outreach you know every couple of months totally and uh so we like to be a part of allowing them to have an, uh, a, a resource to go do outreach and it costs them nothing, you know, mm. just, just be a blessing and whatever they need. Like sometimes we'll, we <laughs> helped move in Switzerland. We helped this missionary family move from one apartment to the other because no one in Europe has a big car or a big vehicle <laughs> or anything. And if you do, it's pretty rare. And we did because we, we have a big van that band we tour in. <laughs> so we, we yeah. just helped them move all their stuff from one par- apartment yeah. to the next. And we didn't play one music note in Switzerland. We yeah. just hung out with That's them all. Awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, everything's so small. The fridges are so yeah. small. The cars are small. <laughs> the it milk is, jugs, man. How yeah. do you even have a bowl of cereal? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And they look at America with the big SUVs yeah. and our yep. massive refrigerators. Like, what are you guys yep. thinking, you know? And so, yeah, anyway, a whole other topic. But... Um, <laughs> So, so as musicianaries, you guys are supported by local churches mm-hmm. that kind of see you guys as um, 
just a, a missionary yeah. that mm-hmm. goes out and ministers the gospel. Yeah. Um, and you guys are going out to support all these local churches and church plants around mm-hmm. the world. And that's such a valuable mm-hmm. ministry, such an, a, a big help. Um, knowing pastors um, and, and church plants and missionaries over the years, they are just you know desperate for people to come out and be a blessing, to just yeah. go serve them. Like yeah. you said, everything from moving people to doing outreach. Not, not many guys have a heart to do that. Mm-hmm. Not many people are willing to do that. But man, what a huge blessing. I'm sure you guys could talk about the blessings that are connected to yeah. to being able to be a support and to yeah. go and to yeah. support those those churches. Mm-hmm. And um, it just makes me so happy hearing you guys <laughs> doing that because I know so many, we have so many friends over around the world that that will just love to have you guys yeah. come by, you know, mm-hmm. and be a minister, just be a blessing to that body. Mm-hmm. So, so, so thankful to hear what you guys are doing and, and so excited to see how the Lord's providing for you in that way. Man, think about the testimony or really the, the legacy of faith that you guys are, are walking in right now and living in and the stories that the Lord is giving you to pass on to your kids and to others. Yeah. And I, I pray for those that are listening today that they, some that maybe are musicians, have a heart to serve the Lord, that this is yeah. a great way, mm-hmm. as the Lord calls them, to serve the Lord um, and to go be a blessing to, to the body of Christ oh, yeah. around the world. Yeah, it's Such oh, yeah. a huge opportunity. Um, so let's talk about your EP. You guys have an EP um, called Created for His Praise. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about maybe a couple of those songs on the project. And maybe you could start off with Created for His Praise. Yeah, that song actually, God kind of gave me the idea of it. Actually, when we, me and my wife were on our honeymoon, <laughs> I was just sitting there um, awesome. like on the back deck thing, whatever it was, <laughs> just just sitting there relaxing. And I just saw this palm tree just sitting there just waving in the wind. He's from Colorado. He doesn't see those very often. I don't see just palm fascinated trees by that a palm tree. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> and I just started just really just thinking, man, everything was created to praise God. Whether it's mm-hmm. a palm tree or it's a human being or it's the rocks or whatever it is, it's all created. And I know this isn't a new concept. It's all mm-hmm. biblical. But for some reason, it, I was just so overwhelmed by it. Everything is created to give God praise and to live in yeah. His presence. Yeah, that's what we're created for and created to do. And I just started writing a song about it, that's as basic cool. as that. And you that's know, awesome. there's psalms, there's psalms about it that you know I know David wrote about, and yeah, you know, the rocks will cry out and the oceans will rage, and yes, and so that's kind of what I got that inspiration from. And so that's great. It was a Mexican wow. palm tree. Mexican <laughs> palm tree. Yeah, I love it. There's that passage in the first chapter of the book of Ephesians that um, they call it like the the sweet song of salvation because mm-hmm. there's this repeating refrain, kind of the chorus of that chapter that says that to the praise of the glory of his grace, that mm. that the Lord's done all these things in our life. He's saved mm-hmm. us. He's chosen us. You know, he's adopted us that we might be to the praise of the glory of his yeah. grace. And so when we think about our lives personally, like our lives are and should be to the yeah. praise of the yeah. glory of his grace. Because you meet so many yeah. people. I meet so many young people too that say, man, what am I created to do? Like, what am I supposed to be doing in life? Like, what what's yeah. my purpose? And it's actually down to as simple as you're created to give God praise and glory. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're doing that, then everything else is just going to start unfolding. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to try and really encourage every person that I meet, especially young people that just don't know, mm-hmm. um, whatever that they're great at and whatever they're passionate about, they need to channel that into learning how to give glory and honor to the Lord with that. Mm-hmm. because then their life is going to be so fulfilling yeah. because they're not going to try and use something else to give God glory. They're going to use the thing that they're passionate at to give God glory. It only yeah. makes sense. Like that's totally. what we were created for. And you know, mine just happens to be music, which kind of seems to be an easier way in our church today to 
give God praise with, but yeah. really just our life, anything can um, be used to give God glory. So that's a big thing I want to, that we're trying to help encourage people with and young people, especially. Amen. Let's take a listen. Yep. The wind it blows in Thanksgiving and the sun glows in warm gratitude. The nation's gay down before the king and the oceans rage and storm in the fear of you Lord and I offer my heart I offer this praise from my lips hallelujah our God reigns. Hallelujah. Receive my
You've been listening to the band The New Divide here on Pure Worship Radio, and we have the privilege of interviewing them today here on the program. I'm so grateful to have you guys in studio today, and let's talk about another song that you've written recently called The Child of a King. That song actually has become uh, one of my personal favorites that we do as of recent, because every time we sing it, I think of I think of this little girl that I met in, in Hungary, actually, where we uh, were there doing some outreaches, and we met Abby there, and we uh, were working with actually some of the local Calvary chapels there. I had written this song, Child of the King. I wrote this one, and I had written it really without any in, intent. It, it just kind of one day, I just scribbled it out and made up a melody, and I, if you know if you know me, I don't write songs very often. I'm not, <laughs> I just don't have a passion for songwriting. It's I, I'll do it, but I'm not, it's not what I'm sitting down to do all the time. And so it was kind of weird. I actually came to band practice one day. I was like, guys, I wrote a song. They were like, what? what? <laughs> you, you wrote a song? No well, every time we sing it now, I think of this girl that we, we met. Well, we were there working with some of the Calvary missionaries in a town called Page, Hungary, and mm-hmm. uh, they were giving us a tour of their community. And they were walking us down the street. And it's kind of a, a church planters are the bravest people on earth. Because totally. this is not a place where I would ever just pick and say, I want to plant a church here. This is a thriving community. It's, it's dark. It's, it's economy isn't very strong. And it, mm. they were telling us the, the wages of, of workers are so low. And the whole time we're walking, I'm going, this is such a rough place to live. Well, they were telling us their story of their, their, their life and how they'd come to be there. And both of these, these missionaries that were, it was a husband and wife. And they said, you know, we, 10 years ago, I was dying of cancer <laughs> and, and, wow. And the, the husband and the wife uh, had both been diagnosed with cancer, You're and yet kidding. God had healed them both. Wow. And the doctors, they, they said, the doctors said, we're, we're never going to be able to have kids. And so they just had come to accept that. Well, as, they're, as we're walking down the street, they've got three kids running around them that are all their natural-born children, wow. three miracles that were running around the street with them. Well, mm. that wasn't even the part that caught my attention. It was cool to watch them tell that story of God's miracles in their life. But what struck me was how they were telling us about how they had adopted this girl from a gypsy village there in, in Hungary. And, and if you know anything about the gypsy culture over there, essentially you are not given a social security number, for example, and you yeah. have no ability to work within the government context and you have no basically hope or future. You're, you're right. stuck in that, if you want to call it a, a, a life, like you're stuck there forever. Well, right. as we were walking, he told me about this girl that they had adopted and he said, we named her Esther. And the one thing he said was, I want to someday look at her and be able to tell her she's a daughter of the king. Mm. And that's why we named her that. And that stuck out to me. I was like, that is such an incredible picture of, of grace and of what Jesus did on the cross because it's not cheap to adopt somebody. And it's not cheap to adopt somebody from a culture where they don't have even an identity like that. Totally. And so yeah. to hear that, we, we st- I, every time we sing this song, I think about how Jesus paid for us with his blood just as they paid the cost to get Esther and put her inside their family and give her their name and their identity and the future that, that they can give her. Jesus did that on the cross, which yeah. is something that, uh, that, that we should be declaring when we have that confidence and that knowledge of what Jesus did on the cross. It should be hard for us to sit st- silent or sit still when we, mm-hmm. when we understand that. This, the chorus says, I know I'm a child of the king. It's mine to proclaim. Mm-hmm. Mind to proclaim because I was paid for in blood, and we so easily forget sometimes the simplicity of the gospel and the reality of what Jesus paid so that we could have <laughs> eternity alongside him. And so that's what this song is about. It's called Child of the King. 
peace ran down your arms Mercy slid down your brow Yet through all that pain God, you thought of me somehow Shining crown For all my shame God, that was my shame Oh, I know I'm a child of the King Oh, I know It's mine to proclaim I was paid for in blood I was paid for in blood Grace ran down your arms Mercy slid down your brow Get through all that
You've been listening to the band The New Divide here on Pure Worship Radio, and we're so thankful to have them with us in studio today as we hear their heart for music and ministry and what the Lord's been doing in their life personally. And they're going to be singing um, a song for us live here um, in studio today. The song's called Greater Than Life. Why don't you guys talk about that for for a minute? Yeah, we actually um, wrote this song uh, maybe a year and a half ago or so. We were just sitting in Arizona, and I was just sitting there. It was way too hot to be outside. I hate <laughs> swimming, so I sat inside in the air conditioning and, you know, had a just junky acoustic guitar that was just sitting there and just started playing. And um, Psalm 63 is actually where this song comes out of. And I'm just going to read the first couple of verses real quick. It says, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. So I I read that and I was like, that's awesome. God's love is greater than anything here on this earth, anything we could possibly ever do, any evil that we could ever do, anything. His love is greater than any of that. And just inspired me. So, that, I mean, the verses just say, your love is greater than life. And then it goes in and just to give God adoration it just says um, your name extends beyond comparison Mm. and basically it's just giving God glory as well just saying you are the most incredible thing in the world Um, and then the chorus just brings it down to a personal level of despite anything I ever do any of the junk I ever do you're always going to love me Mm. (laughs) I mean that's just a basic simple truth Um, and so uh, that's kind of where that song came out of was that Psalm 63 and um, that's actually my favorite uh Everyone always asks, what's your favorite verse? And I say, well, it's, it's actually a whole chapter. Yeah. Psalm 63 is just so good because there's so many good promises in it. You know, it says, I'll cling to you and your right hand upholds me. There's just so many good promises in it. And so that song is just a promise from the Lord that his love is greater than anything we'll ever do. Awesome. So. Let's take a listen. It's greater than life 
listening to the band The New Divide here on Pure Worship Radio, and we're so thankful to have them in studio and hear their heart for the Lord and music ministry. And um, you guys, thank you for coming. It's so mm-hmm. so great to have you. And thank you. before we let you go, can you tell us where we can get a hold of your music? Yeah, uh, we have a website, thenewdivide.com. That's that's our, our band website. It has all sure. the music. You can find the shows and all those things, see where we're going to be. But then we also have a website called ajesusmission.com, yes. okay. which is kind of tells a little more about what we do. We blog about our travels around the world. Oh, dot .org. Ajesusmission.org. It tells about where we're going in the world and has a blog and all of the things so you can really keep up with us as we travel and go into new places. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again for coming. And that we pray the Lord just continues to use you guys and bless you guys as you travel and take steps of faith in this season of life. It's so, so cool to see that. So encouraging to hear that. Thank you again for coming. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today on Pure Worship Radio. We hope that you were greatly encouraged by our time spent together. May God continue to bless and keep you as you live your life of worship, responding to the grace of God. 